0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Brasheed Podcast. In today's episode, we'll be covering over an important aspect of Christianity, especially in the modern era. We see many different denominations of Christianity in the world, all who claim to have the correct take on Christianity. Many believe they have reformed the faults of churches, or understood the meaning of a certain aspect, when it's merely a personal personal interpretation turned into an apparent truth through through constant reinforcement. However, this is not Christianity, and in this episode we'll be covering Mm -hmm. the objectivity of Christ's instruction and passing on of His authority on those whom He appointed, known as the the Apostolic Churches.
1: Yeah, so I think it's important to start off by um, defining what does it mean to be apostolic, or what does it mean for a church to be apostolic? Um, And um, being apostolic in regards to a church, um, as we know, uh, our church is called the Apostolic Church of the East or the Apostolic Catholic Church or the Apostolic Orthodox Church. So, this word apostolic means to be from the lineage of the apostles because the apostles appointed people and gave them authority, passed down their authority through people whom they appointed. Now, these people which they appointed continued their doctrine, continued their teaching, and continued the authority that was given to them by those before them. And ultimately this authority, this teaching and this doctrine and this dogma all came from Christ himself, who we call the Word of God. Well, not who we call, but who is truly the Word of God. Um, And these apostles, because they did not have any form of, the only form of scripture they had was the Old Testament. So every teaching, every dogma, every authority which they have and which they passed down came from the one man Jesus Christ and being apostolic so those who were chosen by the Christ and then chosen by the Apostles continued and continued the tradition which is mentioned in Acts chapter 2 verse 42 which says and they continued steadfastly in the Apostles doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers so we see it says and they continued it doesn't say they started it didn't just all of a sudden start within a group of people or within the apostles where they had an idea arise and then they said, let's do this. No, they continued what was given to them beforehand and what was ultimately given to them by the son of God, who is God, Jesus Christ.
2: That's right. So they followed first the, the doctrine of the apostles and it's listed <clears throat> first in this verse because it's a very important thing. We learn about Jesus from the apostles themselves. It's not through anything else, not by anybody else. The first source of information, the most reliable source, are the, are the apostles themselves, because they were eyewitnesses to Jesus. They saw what he did and they they were the ones who passed on. That's what the word tradition means, to pass on what Jesus taught them. And in our case, the Church of the East, we received the preaching, the gospel from Maradde and Marmari. They came to, <coughs> sorry, Edessa, and they preached and we received the gospel. And that gospel is built on the doctrine of the apostles where it says that's very important. And later on, we see the apostles, they write the gospels and epistles, such as the epistles of Paul and John to churches throughout the world. And it was the
1: church themselves who put this together. That's right. And they didn't put this together and say, oh, we're going to include this because I feel like this is important. And let's have a debate. Should we include this in the Bible? No, it was all. Through pure inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That's right.
2: They were moved by the Holy Spirit to write this. Exactly. The Bible is written by humans. Nobody disagrees on that. But they were moved by the Holy Spirit to give this this doctrine to the believers that we have today. Exactly. And the important thing is that authority. The authority that was given to them by the Holy Spirit is given to us, to our churches today. So that's why true Christianity is built upon the apostles, which are the followers of Christ. And they were the ones who spread the message throughout the world. Just as Jesus commanded in Mark 16, 15, where where it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Okay? And that's the thing. They follow his commands, and his commands are given to us through them, through their authority. Because he
1: only gave them the authority to do so. And um, I think it's important to, you know, have a look at um, the inclusiveness of Christ. So when Christ um, gave this instruction, he directed it as a commandment to the disciples. It wasn't a suggestion and it wasn't a vague, you know, statement that he made for anyone to take and um, go on and do whatever they want. Christ directed it to the apostles. He said to them, Go, therefore, baptize in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, And he also instructed them to go and spread the news of his death and resurrection. And anyone who confesses in the apostolic faith which Christ Passed down to the apostles themselves will be saved, not any faith that any person might say this is the correct interpretation or this is the incorrect interpretation, because as we will go through, the only correct interpretation we have is the church's interpretation, and that's because they were the ones who officially wrote the the um, gospels and the epistles, because as we know, Saint Paul was part of the apostles, and we know the twelve disciples and the seventy-two apostles who were all part of this apostolic union they were in fellowship. And that's the important thing.
2: That verse also says they continued in the fellowship of the apostles. Exactly, And that being one body in Christ is important because if you have divisions, if you have, like you said, one interpretation here, one interpretation over there, this person thinks this, this person thinks that it isn't really one body. It isn't really one church because if Jesus was to guide his church to the truth, there wouldn't be many Mm. truths. It's just one way. That's why we need a body, we need this authority
1: to show us what is the truth and that's why the apostles were that authority. Because we know our God from the very beginning, from the very beginning of Scripture. It's mentioned that God was a very orderly God. He did everything in order. He gave everything structure and He put into position the things that allowed for structure to happen. And if Christ gave authority to everyone, there will be no structure in the church. There will be no structure in Christianity. It will be like what it is coming to now with the, as uh, His Grace mentioned in last week's episode, um, where there's 33,000 different, as they call them, denominations of Christianity. But they're not Christians because anyone can come up with the Bible and say, ah, this is what it means. But is it true what they're saying? Is it true what they're interpreting? Or is it just a personal as you mentioned uh, at the very beginning of the podcast is it just the personal interpretation which because it's been said so many times to people they've taken it as truth as gospel because if it were that then how can we know what is the objective truth which comes from christ we know god is an objective god he's not a god which varies he's not a god which is this god at one point in time and then changes to this god at another point of time as some people claim the god of the old testament isn't the same God as the New Testament, no. We know from the very head that God is objective. The son's teaching was objective, and the teaching which he passed to the apostles was objective. And in order to keep this objectivity, he had to put in place a system. And this system was put into place through the authority which he gave to the apostles, where he gives them the authority to interpret the scriptures, where he gives them the authority to go out and give the teachings and the doctrine which came from Christ himself. That's right. And that's why we have to trust the apostolic teaching and doctrine and not be swayed by someone who might come knocking on your door and say, this is the truth. Because believe me, if you know the truth and you stand up against these people, their lie will crumble. No lie can stand against the truth. Lies are exposed by the truth. Lies can't be exposed by lies. Because many people will lie and they'll sound like truth. They'll sound like truth because of how many times it's reinforced. But as soon as you put the truth in their face, the light crumbles.
2: That's right. You question what they're saying. If it's repeated, repeated, Say, why is this? Why is that? And we have to show them the truth exactly. through the apostolic teaching. And that's that's our, that's our reference. That's what helps us understand the Bible. Like last week's episode where Mara was saying the apostolic kerygma. Exactly. That is the first teaching. That is the first Doctrine that we've received that helps us to interpret the Bible and has given the church the authority to interpret the Bible. Exactly. And it has that authority because Jesus Christ himself gave it to them. In Matthew 16 verses 18 to 19, he says, And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. From there, we see he gives him the keys. <clears throat> he doesn't say, whoever believes in me shall have keys. Mm-hmm. It's a certain
1: specific people that have been given authority by Christ. And we've seen Christ on many different occasions say different things. He does say, whoever believes in me shall not perish and have eternal life. He does say, whoever believes in, whoever believes in the Son will have eternal life. He does include many. But there are cases like in Matthew chapter 16 where he says, And I say unto you, Peter, that you have the Kingdom that you have the keys to the Kingdom so he appoints people to maintain the structure to maintain the objectivity which comes from Christ because if there is no objectivity like I said there's gonna be chaos and Christianity will eventually fade away because like I said a lie cannot expose the lie only the truth can expose the lie and this truth is embedded within the apostolic um, succession which is seen through um, the Church of the East, the Catholic Church and the Orthodox churches, and any Apostolic Church.
2: And that's that's what holds us together. If in Christianity we have so many different interpretations, then who are we all Christians? Yeah. If we differ so greatly on certain different topics, like the Eucharist, like the priesthood, like baptism, then how can we call each other Christians? How can we agree on certain things? There are some Christians who claim Jesus isn't God. There we go. One is Pentecostals do that. And they say God changes forms here and there. He's not a <coughs> Trinity. And Majority of Christians would disagree with that, but they're using the same principles as they are to interpret and say, oh, the Bible says this when in reality
1: they don't have the authority to do that. Because if you like I said, if you know the objective truth, the truth says that in John chapter one verse in the first very first verses, it says that the word was God, the word was with God. So it Jesus is God. And that is the teaching of the apostolic. uh, That is the apostolic teaching. But then you'll have churches which will so confidently say that Jesus isn't God. So as you can see, their teachings contradict the truth and that's why with the truth you battle out their lies. That's right. And now that we've mentioned um, what it means to be apostolic and what um, that the apostolic churches do have the authority from Christ, let's go into what sort of authority do the churches have.
2: That's right. Can they do whatever they want? Yeah. Can they just make up new doctrines by themselves? That's a very, very important thing, because people will say, oh, so you follow you follow the church, you don't follow Jesus. Yeah. But in reality, we follow Jesus because the person of our worship is Jesus Christ. But the church is there to guide us, to teach us the way
1: the because church. Is that's the bride what of he's Christ. given to us. Yes. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is not um, something op- like opposing to Christ. The church is not something separate to Christ. The Christ and the church are one. And which is why it, um, it says that Christ <coughs> will take up the church like the bridegroom. The church and Christ are one. Whatever Christ taught is embedded within That's the right. church. It's not Christ taught something and the church interpreted what Christ said. No, the church took what Christ said and embedded it into their teachings, and into their tradition and into their dogma. And um, we see that in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. He says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. So if we look at this verse, or if we look at these two verses, it has so much contained within them. First, he says, all authority has been given to me the Son, on heaven and on earth. What does he do? He gives this authority to the apostles. He says, you have this authority. Go, make disciples of all nations without differentiation. Go make disciples, baptize them, authority of baptism, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them, teach them those things which I commanded you. So Christ commanded them, and then goes and tells them to teach them whatever I commanded you. And then, to the very end, he says, "And I am with you always, even to the end of the age." So those that claim that we are separate from the, from Christ, no. Christ says, "I am with you always."
2: That's why he's preserved our teaching. He's exactly. kept us going the right way, and he helps us to to show people the true way. Because he told us, he told the disciples to teach what he taught them. Not whatever they feel like Not what you guys think what I said I mean Like I, he, Jesus must have said one thing And then our disciples you interpret And think whatever you think I said And say it to the people No Jesus was very clear And he wanted that message He wants that message till now To be portrayed and given to the people In the right way Not in some way that you think is correct Because exactly. we'll see now We see now many different denominations The next 5-10 years You'll see a couple more thousand A couple more, yeah. a couple more thousand Because you'll have one church And then you'll have reformed this church, and then reformed, reformed. Because everybody thinks they have the right one, and therefore you're wrong. Exactly. But they never think and see, Okay, what did the early Christians believe? Let's go look there instead of thinking, oh, I've got it. That's it. I understood everything now. But again, it's just about that personal interpretation,
1: thinking that they've got what's right and they never had it from the beginning. And this all comes from one thing. That's pride. That's right. This all comes from the pride of man. Why would I look at what? the early church thought 2,000 years ago. I'm
2: smart enough to interpret the Bible myself. Yeah. Why do
1: I need some guy from 2,000 years ago? 2,000 years ago, these people didn't even know what computers were or didn't even know this or didn't even know that light exist, Light bulbs mm-hmm. existed and so on and so forth. So I love how people uh, naturally assume that because there were this, these church fathers existed 2,000 years ago, they were automatically less smarter than we are. But we will have an episode on proof that of how smart those people really were. Christ transformed them from fishermen into fishes of men. And we will go through how smart they actually were. But um, like I was saying before, Christ, when he did pass on this authority to the disciples, he knew that they were, um, they were the right ones because he picked them himself. And the, when he did teach them, you can see that sometimes his parables may not have been clear to the people, you know. Sometimes he spoke to, in parables and then this, the disciples would later come to Jesus and say, what did you mean by this parable? Christ didn't say to them, you go interpret however you like. It's a parable, it can have many different interpretations. You go and interpret whatever you like. You can interpret this parable as um, you can uh, lose or gain your salvation. You can interpret this parable as um, uh, sinning upon death. You can. All these different aspects as we see today. Christ said to them, this is what the parable means. and He explained it. And that's why in Matthew chapter 28, he says, as I commanded you, you teach them. He didn't say teach them however you feel like, like Andrew said. He didn't say go on and make teachings and whatever you feel like is the right teaching, go and teach. No. Because, because just because Christ departed physically, doesn't mean he isn't with us spiritually. That's right. He said, I will send a comforter which is the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God. And the comforter dwells within these apostolic churches. That's right. And And Christ tells us because he says, Lo, (coughs) I am with you always, even to the end of the age.
2: And just as Jesus chose his disciples, the apostles themselves chose people, they elected people, and they they gave them the authority that Christ had given them. They laid their hands upon those people and said, let the Holy Spirit give you authority, just as we were given authority from Christ. And we see this in Paul's letter to Timothy where he says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying of hands of the eldership. And the eldership is what we call today priest, because the word priest comes from elder, just in the Greek. We see this just as Christ elected, the apostles elected, and they gave that authority. There's a continuation, like you said. It's a lineage from the apostles themselves to what we have now. And the authority that is given to them, that was given to the apostles, and that is given to the church today, it includes many things. Now, when I, when I want to describe the authority of what a specific priest can do, because we've talked about that, yeah. they can baptize, they can heal the sick, they can um, they can call down the Holy Spirit on the bread to make the body of Christ. They can, um, they can marry people, m- bride and groom. But we want to talk about what the authority includes within the governing authority, the church as a governing authority. In matters of faith so the authority given to the church through the apostles themselves which ultimately as we said originates from christ and the holy spirit god himself is the authority to interpret sacred sacred scripture not in the way they please or whatever they think but in accordance with what was passed down through the apostles we have what we said apostolic kerygma the original source the original gospel that was given to us and that helps us to interpret the rest, helps the church to interpret the rest. Now we're not saying the core things. We're not going to reinterpret the Trinity. We're not going to no. reinterpret the Eucharist. We're not going to reinterpret baptism, but we're saying reinterpret and teach Christians today, the believers today, ways of life, matters that may come up, certain ideas, certain issues such as abortion, such as homosexuality, such as tran- transgenders and so on and so forth. The church is there as a body, as an authority to show its sons and daughters, the,
1: the believers in Christ, The way, the truth, just as the word of God said. Because Jesus revealed everything to the apostles. That's right. He didn't reveal something to the apostles. And then later on, he revealed a little bit more. And then later on, he revealed a little bit more Then during the 16th century. He revealed something mind blowing to Martin Luther. No, Christ revealed his deity. Christ revealed everything to the apostles. And that's why he entrusted the disciples with the authority. And what kind of authority, as Andrew mentioned? He put into them, put into the hands of Simon Peter, the kingdom, uh, the keys to the kingdom. Now what does the key to the kingdom mean? Is it a physical key? No. He gave him something so big, which is the apostolic authority. And this authority, like Andrew said, has the authority to interpret the scriptures, which were written by the apostles. So the churches were involved in this. That's why the church's interpretation is the objective interpretation. There might be small, um, you know, misinterpretations here and there, or variations in interpretation, but these aren't the interpretations of the major core. That's what we said. That's right. Principles not, of Christianity. It's not it's the not, Trinity.
2: It's not baptism. It's, it's not that things here the,
1: and there. The Catholic Church believes in a different aspect of the Trinity, as does the Assyrian Church of the East. Does no? All core aspects. All. The capital T, the, the main traditions which were passed down by Christ to the disciples or the apostles, that's all kept. It's just these small things because of culture, because of um, ge- geographic location, because of different, you know, back then the disciples didn't have, uh, the apostles didn't have cell phones to text each other. And, you know, they, 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 they stood in different cultures. St. Thomas went to India, whereas someone else might have gone to Rome, whereas the other one went to Greece. So it's different. Um, You know, people, different audiences. And this is why we have these small, um, you know, variations in tradition, very small um, variations. But the core principles of Christianity, the core dogma, the core teaching, which was from Christ himself, we see consistent through all apostolic churches.
2: That's right. And just, (coughs) just like we went through the last episode that sola scriptura isn't biblical. The idea of the church being an authority in matters of faith is biblical because we saw just in Acts 2:42 where it says the apostles doctrine, the apostles fellowship. It's their authority that put forth this doctrine through Christ, not from their own will, but through Christ. So this idea of the church being an authority isn't something new. It wasn't something that came 300, 200, 100 years later after Christ. It was from the start, from when Christ instituted the disciples and he said, go into the world. And when the Holy Spirit came upon them and gave them that power, that authority. So that's why when someone comes along like Martin Luther in the 16th century and says, oh, you're wrong, we have to ask, hold on, who was he to say after 1,600, 1,500 years and say, oh, wait, he finally got it. For this whole time, we've been wrong. Yeah. This whole uh, time.
1: This whole time, the apostles were wrong and Christ yeah. himself, Chesli, was wrong.
2: And it's you—it's questioning Christ as well. Christ, Christ, Christ said... He'll send the Holy Spirit, he says in John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring your, bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So if Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit will be sent to guide, to help, to te- teach the church, then by saying we've
1: got it wrong this whole time, we're saying Christ couldn't keep his promise. And the Holy Spirit khesli, is, isn't fulfilling what Christ That's said. Right. Because That's he right. said, and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. It's not like Christ said to the and I've heard this argument so many times that Christ appointed the disciples only and ends there. Mm. That's it. It's for the disciples. Any anyone below them, it doesn't apply to them because who 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 are they to appoint people? But no, Christ says, and I will bring and the Holy Spirit will bring you remembrance to all things that I said to you.
2: And that argument's easily taken down. Exactly. Just First Timothy just said. The laying of hands of the eldership upon you Timothy they, wasn't
1: a disciple Exactly And when and when they did appoint these people They didn't say I like that guy He's a very confident person He's a good speaker yeah. I want to choose him No They said They went They used to pray and fast And they used to say to those Who they would lay their hands on Go Pray Fast And then You'll receive the laying of the hands That's Do you know right. why? Because by praying to God By fasting And saying I submit to you my Lord My God, reveal to me, is this decision which I am making, is it the right decision? And the Holy Spirit would bring all things together. And some people will say, hey, hang on, where are you getting this from? Acts chapter 13 verse 3 says, Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So having fasted, having prayed, and then received the laying of the hands, they sent them away to go. And as we say... um, in uh, the Assyrian language, go and make disciples through the Holy Spirit, not through your personal preference, not through, I like Shaheen is a good guy, he's got a good family, that's it, he's gonna, gonna, the apostolic authority will be passed on to him, no, it's, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna pray about my decision, I'm gonna go and fast, and the Holy Spirit will reveal to me, is this the right decision I'm making? Through the Holy Spirit, and it will be made
2: that's right and just to move on because we talked about how this authority is passed on and how the church today has it to in order to decide matters of faith matters of doctrine matters of dogma um, the question then comes who has this authority do all churches have it does anybody who call themselves Christian have it because like you said or like Mar said there's how many how many was it 3,000 or was it
1: 30,000? 30, 33,000. Oh, there you go. 33,000. If it was 3,000, that's yeah.
2: only 10% of the reality. <laughs> so there's 33,000 33, denominations. Okay. So does everybody have it? Do the Mormons have it? Do the Jehovah's Witnesses have it? So that's where we've got to ask. That's where we are got to say only the churches that are founded by the apostles that have that continual lineage have the authority that was given to Christ, that was given to the apostles through Christ. Sorry. It's not just, oh, I believe in Jesus, I'm a preacher now, come to my church, let's go, I'm the leader now, I'm a pastor. It's not like that. You have to be appointed, you have to be elected, just as Christ elected
1: the apostles, so that you have to be elected as well by someone who is an authority. You see many pastors who claim that they have the truth. You see many pastors who will go out in stands and stand in front of thousands of people in a crowd and give them a talk and then they'll clap, they'll clap for them and say, Hallelujah, the Holy Spirit has inspired them. Then you go and they have a net, a net worth of a million dollars and they've got a private jet and they're driving supercars. And then by, by having a look at this person overall, you say, what is he really teaching? You have a look at what he's teaching, he's saying, Jesus and God, uh, we saints are not to be venerated. It's taken away from the glory of God. The tradition which the apostolic churches have kept has faded away. It does no it no longer um, comes and uh, applies to this modern world which we live in. Um, and these aspects, you know, um, of Christianity and of you know the views on marriage between a yeah. man and a woman. Um, Oh, no, the society has changed. Oh, the best one of all, if you believe in Jesus, you'll be rich. If you donate, you'll be rich as well. If you donate $5 to me, God
2: will bless you with $500. Exactly.
1: And that's the big scam of of what we see today. And I think it's important to look at the aim of someone, of a preacher. or Not a preacher, because if they're not apostolic, then they they don't fall under the the category of a preacher. They're a nonsense mumbler. But in general... If you are confused, have a look at the difference between an Apostolic Church and a normal preacher. If someone is trying to lure you in with the way they speak and present their information, question them. The Church of the East or any Apostolic Church was not founded to lure people in based on the way they speak. The disciples had no education prior to their selection by Christ. They were fishermen. Christ didn't appoint someone who had a loud voice and someone who had a very persuasive way of talking. If someone is luring you in through the way they talk, through the way they present the information, question them. Say, is he speaking truth? And this is for people who are confused, who question, um, still question uh, the apostolic authority. Look at their incentive, Look at the way. They are presenting your information and look at their aims. If they are attempting to lure you in, it's a bit sus, suspicious. Look at the church. They don't lure you in because of their preaching. They lure you in because they give you a taste of the kingdom. The sacraments which the church provides through the authority of Christ. They are tasters of the kingdom of heaven. We have the body and blood of Christ, which was instructed by Christ himself. We have the sacrament of Melka. We have the sacrament of priesthood. The church offers the kingdom of heaven. The church gives hope to those who want to believe and be saved. This is how the church gains its people. Not because the church has a priest who preaches really well and presents his information really well. Because like rat poison, it might be 99% food and 1% poison, and that's enough to kill a rat. Just like any other preacher. It might be 99% true teaching. That 1% which they will teach wrong is enough to kill a man and exclude them from the kingdom of heaven. Like
2: Jesus said, a little leaven makes the whole loaf rise. Just one little small bit of wrong teaching of heresy ruins the whole thing because it's not what Christ taught. The church is here to teach what's right, to show us the truth of Christ and not, oh, come in, come in. We need to get as many people in church. It's whoever is willing to accept the message, the true message of Christ, not just, oh, we've got to make it sound nice. So they come in so, you know, we can keep our income coming in. It's not it's not about that. It's about telling them the truth, showing them the way to the kingdom,
1: like you said, through the sacraments. And some people will say, okay, When Christ himself was dwelling among among mankind. Why didn't people believe in him? Was there like uh, something, you know, that didn't go right? No, because when we read the Bible, you see that God himself spoke when Jesus was baptized. He said, this is my son, who I am well pleased with. God spoke. So then people say, hang on, why don't they believe in this? Okay, Christ raised someone from the dead. Christ opened a blind man's eyes. They heard God's voice. They saw the man raised from the dead. They saw the man open his eyes and see. They saw the leper be cured. They saw the man who couldn't walk, stand up and walk. They saw this. But what did they say? Their darkened heart said, no, this cannot be. This isn't what we're expecting. This isn't what we want. And that's the problem we see today in Christianity. There was a a preacher. um, I Forgot his name, but he was speaking to an atheist. Um, I think it was uh, Frank Turek. He was speaking to an atheist and he said to him, if I can prove Christianity is true, would you believe in it? He said, I don't think so. Why? is because he doesn't want to believe in it. It's not that he has doubt in it. And that's what happened in early Christianity. There were many who didn't want to believe in Christ. They saw him raise people up from the dead. They saw the miracles. But they said, no, this cannot be. It's not our way. It's not the way we want it to go out. So they didn't believe. Then came heretics and went out teaching. Saint Paul mentions mentions it in his epistles. Heretics went out teaching false teachings, heresies, which is one of the reasons why the tradition was written down in Scripture which we have today. And this stems be- down all the way to today and the 33,000 denominations which exist in Christianity. It isn't because they, don't, they can't believe the apostolic teaching or they have doubts about the ap- apostolic lineage. It's because they don't want that to be the case. That's right. It's a heart
2: problem, not a head problem exactly they are it's easy to understand it's not hard but it's it's from emotion it's from mm-hmm. i don't want this thing to be true it doesn't line up with my interests or it doesn't fit in right to me because i think i know what's right but then again it all comes back it's not you as the center it's not what you think it's not what what someone else told you what thinks uh, what they think it's what christ instituted through the apostles and what we're, they've given to us that is the truth that's not something we can sway left and right from yeah. and be like oh yeah maybe he's true you know because he said this and he thinks this and he studied I don't know for how long and he's memorized the whole Bible and he can say some nice sermons and he sounds so good he preaches just really hard he sounds nice he's got this nice vocabulary it's got nothing to do with that if you don't have the true teaching from the apostles themselves or if you fell away from the church and gone away from the apostolic church and you now call yourself Oh, I'm apostolic or you think you still have the authority for the sacraments, you're wrong. That's
1: And that's, that's not, not you saying it. That's right. And that's not you saying it. And that's not me saying it. We're not the, the judge. Bible right. The Bible said. says it. That's right. The Bible says, any one of you who changes a word, one of these words, you'll be judged for it. That's right. It doesn't mean if I mistranslate a word. It means those who go out and on purpose twist the meaning. On purpose take the teaching and deviate it. Because the teaching of Christ came before scripture existed, Christ is the word of God. Christ came before anything, Christ was before anything existed. And we take this objectivity from Christ himself. And there's one recurring image which we will end off on. One recurring image which causes these faults, like I mentioned, and that's pride. The Jews didn't want to accept that this is the voice of God who is saying, this is my Son." Because of pride. The Jews didn't want to believe that Christ resurrected someone from the dead. Because of pride. The Jews didn't want to live knowing that a man who was born in a stable opened the eyes of someone who was born blind. Because of pride. And it comes back to us today. Protestants do not want to accept the teaching which was passed down by Christ himself. Because of pride. Because then
2: they can't appoint themselves as preachers. Exactly. They need to be appointed. And that's that's the main thing. S- since the beginning, man wants to be God. They fell for the the fruit when Satan said, you will be like God. They want, People want <clears throat> pride. Everybody wants it. Exactly. But it's about being strong in our faith and suppressing it and letting Christ grow in us.
1: We don't choose what we want. We are chosen. Everything comes from being chosen. And it all ties back to one thing. We didn't... Choose Christ to die for us. God chose to send His only begotten Son to die for us and our sins, and give us eternal life. Answer. Awesome.
0: And um, yeah, I think that ends it for today. Uh, we hope we hope everyone um, understood something important from this um, episode. We hope uh, everyone, our viewers and listeners, understood um, you know the importance of the apostolic tradition and and how how lucky we are to be part of this apostolic tradition that's that's been passed down from Christ Himself. And um, later by the apostles onto us as well today. Um, we hope we hope you all um, share this message um, to everyone, you know, friends, family, all that, so everyone understands the importance of this tradition. Um, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe across all our platform, across all our social media platforms, um, Instagram, YouTube, and and Facebook. Uh, please make sure please make sure to um, you know send any questions you have um over to the brush team and um we'll make sure to you know answer them for you guys thank you